This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the FCS Football Podcast, presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Sean Anderson, and this week's show is coming with a bit of a more somber tone because of the recent issues we've been dealing with in our country in regards to coronavirus, especially the impact that it has had across the sporting world, besides the impact it's having on so many other levels in our country. But As you probably have seen in the news, there have been huge restrictions on sports, sports being suspended, the NCAA shutting down March Madness, um, and that's basically has led to spring sports being shut down, meaning there's no spring ball for any of these FCS programs. So there's no opportunity for them to go out there and develop some younger guys and work and get, get better during these spring months. That was completely eliminated, as well as the impact of the NFL shutting down the ability for scouts to travel and visit schools and go to pro days. That is also having a significant impact on a ton of talented guys coming from the FCS level that just really needed that extra set of eyes on them. So, Sean, there's a really huge impact that this is all having on everything we're all pretty much just waiting for it to clear out right now, but everything's just up in the air. It's all up in the air. And the one thing that if we're talking about FCS football, uh, which is this, what this show is about, uh, a big impact within that realm is the spring practices because that's when you normally have backup guys the previous season who are now having to transition into starting roles given seniors graduation, transfers, uh, you name it. So these are 15 practices where possible new starters can get their feet under them and get comfortable running with the first team. And you can't replace that. I mean, you if you are – you can have – a good camp and you can have that, but that's still 15 practices that you're missing out. It's, it's all these days that you miss out on getting ahead of the sport and trying to keep up with your competition. Well, in this instance, it's not like in Rhode Island, if you had a blizzard and you missed a week of practice where you're set back, everybody is missing out. So it just makes me wonder how this upcoming season of college football is going to be. Is it going to be sloppier? Is it going to be better? Cause these players are more well-rested. Is it going to be a harder, longer camp? Uh, and it, it probably will be the third one. I think that this upcoming camp, they might, it, just from what I would guess, is they probably have the players report mid-July so they can get an extra 14 practices before camp and get get the ball rolling, which as a football player, you're like, oh my goodness, 
you know, spring ball itself is hard enough yeah. because it's not like you have days to prep and you have lighter practices for a game. No, these are grueling camp-like practices. So if you have to tack on another 20, uh, uh, 15 to 10 days of camp before the season starts, before your camp starts, then it's almost just a, a – I don't know how I would have been able to cope with that. I don't know how, how I would have been able to survive because, you know, you, you you know, first three days, you're like, ah, okay, man, this camp's going better than last year. I like it. And then 10 days in, you're like, oh, oh, my goodness. Where is the season? It's just all <laughs> darkness ahead of yeah. me. And then you get to that final week and there's the light and then it starts being transitioning into into games. So that is going to be an interesting dynamic that I am going to be tracking also, the NFL scouts going off the road, I don't like that very much because not just for FCS football players, but for college football players in general, because not everybody gets to go to the combine. Hardly any college football players get to go to the combine. But at these senior days and at these events where scouts can show up and scouts can uh, evaluate uh, not secondary college football players, but college football players that are still going to need to get drafted because, um, you know, they they need to fill spots, but you can't really do that if you're not there. So I, I don't know what they are going to do with these types of workouts to determine who is going to get selected. Well, basically the impact that this is going to have is that a lot of evaluations are going to be more film-based. The teams don't really have this opportunity now to – meet and interact with players in person, get to know them, get to see what they're like on the field in person. And if scouts didn't get to travel and see guys during the season and they're just now discovering some of these talented guys, which typically will happen is that they'll kind of notice people on film and they'll say, all right, we're going to go to his pro day and see what he's like. Now they don't really have that and they don't get to actually make that connection. The alternative right now and what it's what's starting to pop up is that gyms that these guys were training at and were preparing for are hosting their own pro days. The gym that I've been training at and at Test in Martinsville is hosting their own pro day, might potentially be hosting a second one to essentially get the testing numbers, record the film, pay someone to come in and film it. They're going to live stream it, and then they can send that film out to teams depending on if they want to do that or not. So it's, it's trying to be resourceful. You don't really get that same sense of actually meeting and seeing guys in person as you would getting a tape sent to you. Everyone's going to be sending their tapes out. So who actually gets watched, who gets pushed to the side and shoved down the list? Because you don't have that same situation of, say, somebody goes to, for example, for URI, if you go to URI's Pro Day to go see Kyle Murphy, well, maybe there's somebody that was a starter last year that you didn't notice as much that looks really, really good in the drills. You don't have that same sense because you're getting a cut-up of someone's workout. You're not getting to see the full entire thing. You don't know how many people and how many scouts are actually going to tune into these live streams. But it's a matter of just adapting. It's the... The motto of the NFL is adapt and adjust and you know be, be able to work on your feet because literally anything can happen. Even something that nobody could have ever expected and uh, um, unprecedented, uncharted territories that we're de- dealing with right now. It's just I, – I don't know. I don't know why they can't do it 
in an open field uh, with a, a standard pro day. I mean, it's not like there are fans attending, and maybe you could give make it mandatory every player is outside of five yards of each other or something like well, that. Well, the the bigger but problem it, it it's not so much that ahead. when you get to somewhere and you is have, it the travel. You, it's the travel and and okay. actual scouts makes, and teams okay. were worried about sending their guys and having to put them on planes, send them in hotels, stuff like that. It's they're afraid of the contamination that's going to happen from the, that stuff. And typically scouts are getting limited sleep. They're constantly moving they're, They have to eat out all the time. It, it's just constant exposure that would lead to really negative consequences. So maybe if this all dies down, it's, it's March 15th when we're recording this. If this stuff dies down in the next month when it's April 14th, maybe that would allow for them to have a certain amount of time where they could push some of these pro days back, still do them and, you know, do them in a, in a much briefer period of time. That's a possible alternative. I guess that's the best alternative that I can analyze right now, except for my one wish is for them all to just see them in person, you know, at the, at the scheduled dates. But, you know, we can't live with that, can we, Joe? No. No, and no, no. it doesn't, it, I don't know, just the whole thing doesn't really work itself out and terrible timing pretty much because I, I would say maybe a third of pro days actually went through. I don't know that number for sure, but they literally just started up in the beginning of March and this okay. midweek of March, second week of March, they dropped the hammer. There's a ton of teams that still have to go. So there's just a complete shutdown and, and, killing of all these uh uh these pro days because guys can't 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 work out so it's just a matter of being resourceful and seeing what you can do with it the one thing i will say though sean that i found kind of interesting today is that or not interesting that's a bit hopeful uh i went out to the high school that's near where i live and you know i just had to get a quick stretch and, and work out in because my pro day is on monday uh just to kind of stay loose and it is honestly very hopeful that despite all of the circumstances right now that you still see guys you know in in the batting cages and on baseball fields working on their their craft and you know people playing lacrosse people playing soccer it's not deterring people from still going out there and working and just being young and having fun and and, and enjoying their sports I, I I would have been very deterred if I went out there and there wasn't a single person on those fields right now Joe how does this impact our bet what do you mean? The vertical? Yes, the vertical. Uh, well, I'm still jumping a vertical that's going to be filmed and on tape, so I'll have those numbers. I jumped the 24 the other day when I sent you that video. So if I hit yeah, that 24 so you threshold, you still have to go and do the the full marathon. Yeah, but I have to see. I, I don't know. There's a whole thing with the scouts there. I didn't think that you'd be able to do it. You thought that if there were scouts there, I would have crapped my pants and not been just forgot how to jump. Mm, yeah, I hate you. I hate you. I still think that I still think I have a good shot. So the revised, are we revising it? Because I don't like the the loss if you if you lose. I want to adem that because I don't think that's hard enough on you. What was my loss? Is that I walk into Narragansett Beach uh, shirtless? Is that yeah, what it was? It's, it's warm. It's warming up way too, way too fast. No, you were gonna get, you were gonna go for a swim. Oh no, I was gonna um, swim from one end to the other. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think uh -huh. that's pretty. That's pretty difficult. Yeah, 
No, no, because you'll warm up pretty fast. Okay. Let me think here. Hmm. What? Maybe. What? Well, you care about your hair a lot, don't you? You want me to shave my head? Eh, maybe you'll shave your head. Well, I'm not. Maybe we'll go with I'm that. not leaving to go to a barber anytime soon. Well, okay. Well, here's the deal. You want to uh, amend it to you, you shave your head? You can come here and shave my head if that happens. I don't want to shave your head. I don't want to touch your head. Well, I'm not going to a barber what? shop. I'm not. Uh, You're not going to. You wouldn't go to a barber no. shop. I'd walk 26 miles or I'd get my 26 miles in. Yeah, but you can walk 26 miles and not make physical contact with anyone. Oh, oh, <laughs> you wouldn't. So, so okay, so let's go over this. Are you good with the shave head? Yeah, I'm good with the shave head, but you have to come shave it. Or I'll come to you no. and you shave it. No. Why? So why, why are you okay be, Why are you okay traveling? That? No. It's driving. I'm not I, getting on a plane. I need, no, it needs to be something a little more than a shaved head. You'll, th- you'll think of something. Hair. We're not going to sit go, here and brainstorm. Go dye your hair black. How about that? Okay, fine. I'll do that. You'll dye your hair black? Yeah, because it's not going to happen. I'm going to get over 24. Fine. If you lose, if you... if you And I just have to hit 24 you, inches on the vertical, correct? That is what the implication yeah, if you is? if 25, I have to do the 26 shirtless. If you okay. are under 24, you're dyeing your hair black. Okay. How about that? All right, fair. All right, cool. Deal. Deal. Okay. Joe, we are privileged... To have a brand new sponsor on the show, True Classic Tees. Now, since graduating college, I've been going through my personal wardrobe and I've seen just an unbearable amount of cluttered URI football t-shirts that are I could wear to work, but at the same time, I just need something a little more professional and a little more simple. I don't need to be airing uh, out that I play college football all the time. I think That's everyone can tell from happy. your size, but go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So I don't need to be wearing some uh, mesh dry fit, super thin shirt uh, at work. So that's why I'm happy that True Classic Tees have been picked up as a sponsor. These shirts are soft, they hold up in the washer, and are incredibly versatile. They are simple, they are modern, and they are also classic. And it's just a good t-shirt to wear. You can wear it anywhere, and you can feel good wearing it where you are. And the best, per- the best, best part is they are only $15. But even better than that, people, you go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, believe, B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off. 20% off. It's even cheaper. So that's believe. B-L-E-A-V at trueclassictees.com. Get some new shirts for your wardrobe. To wrap up today's show, we're going to be hearing from a current member of the New York Jets and former James Madison Duke. That is Daniel Brown of the New York Jets. Take a listen on what he had to say about his career and his path to the NFL. And now we're being joined by Dan Brown, number 87 on the New York Jets, who's been in the league for five years now and is a former member of James Madison, one of the top programs at the FCS level. So, Dan, first of all, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. But the first question that I really want to ask that I think is a thing that a lot of people are asking, guys that played at the FCS level, is what led you to go and play for James Madison? Um... It's kind of a a more, I don't know, um, not well-known path. Um, <laughs> I went to a really small uh, private school in, in Southeast Virginia. 
was about like 40 kids in my class and pre-k through 12 was about 500 um so nobody from my school ever wanted to play d1 football so my football coach really didn't know how to handle it nobody in the school really knew what the process was and like you know come to find out like you really need to start recruiting stuff when you're probably a junior um so after it was actually after I finished my football my senior year and I finished basketball my senior year and I told my dad that I kind of missed playing football and like this is like this is February so we're way we're way behind yeah um, that's pretty late <laughs> yeah and uh so he took like three days off of work and we put together our own like highlight film like from just DVD clips and we just kind of cut them up and put them on our own you know our own CD and we sent them to every school in Virginia. Um, I knew I didn't want to play anything lower than like FCS. I just, if I was, I only wanted to play division one football. If anything else, I just would have gone to school. Um, and we heard back from Richmond and JMU for just some visits. And I took a visit to Richmond. Um, and it was just, it was a nice school. It was just, it reminded me too much of my high school. It was only 3000 kids there and it was just very small. And I think I needed something bigger. And uh, I took a visit to JMU, and you know JMU's a much larger school. And then at the time, they were they were building their new stadium. Um, so I thought, um, and they offered me a preferred walk on, so I ended up just walking on to James Madison. So you said that you came in as a walk on. When when did you earn a scholarship and and finally get put on to uh, getting some money when you were there? Um, so my first year, nothing. My first year, and then. Um, I had a good spring because I redshirted. I had a good spring ball the following spring, and then so going into my sophomore year, they put me on fifty percent. Then after that, that first football season of actually playing, they put me on seventy five percent for the the spring, and then my third year, going into my third year, uh, was when I got put on full scholarship. So similar with with your case and a lot of FCS guys, it's really not. A conventional path a lot of these guys that do make it to the nfl have really odd paths and especially with recruiting like you pointed out was was it at all frustrating even when you were there that you maybe weren't getting that scholarship money compared to other guys in the team and also the fact that you were getting recruited late um i mean i wasn't recruited at all the only reason even anybody even heard of me is because we we sent a film to them and then they sent like the guy who was in charge of the area to my school to talk to me so I didn't really, I had no idea. Like, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't expecting a scholarship coming in there because, you know, we basically put ourselves on the map by contacting the school. Like nobody came to see me on their, you know, on their own. Um, so I kind of just, you know, I just got to school and I didn't just, you know, do what I did and just, just play ball. So you had a pretty long career with James Madison. You were there for, uh, for multiple years. What would you say was your your best memory being in in Harrisonburg uh, on the field? If it's maybe just a general period of time, or if you can remember a specific game or moment? Um, probably the most memorable game was probably my would have been my redshirt junior year, um, Sandy weekend. We were playing Albany, and I ended up having. Uh, I think I had like five catches for like 96 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. I think this is like a school, tied a school record for receiving touchdowns. So kind of, that's probably my most memorable game. And it was, you know, a year 
the previous year I had torn my ACL, so I had come off, you know, a, a bad year, and um, that's probably like the highlight. One thing I can remember the most about my career. So playing for a top program like James Madison, it's obviously I think you could probably agree with me. It's one of the premier FCS programs that has a lot more resources than some of the smaller ones. How did right. being there at at JMU help you prepare for your NFL career? Uh, I mean, we went at I wouldn't say that we were a top dog when I was there. I mean, we were pretty much. I, mean, I made the playoffs twice, but we were, you know. I think my first year was like seven and four, and then we were six and six, and like so we weren't a top dog, you know, when I was there. And then my my last year we went nine and three, and that's what kind of started the the run that they're on. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot of talent there, and I, you know, people kind of I think people kind of undermine you know FCS schools, you know, the talent there, and I don't think there's you know a huge talent difference between. FCS schools and, and, and big schools, or at least at JMU, um, except for the fact that, you know, the bigger schools have more scholarships, they have a little bit more money. And maybe the only difference you see is, is really the size difference in the line. Um, I think skill players, I think it's almost the same at every level. I mean, maybe the speed's a little different, but I think there's, there's a lot of talent, um, at, at least at JMU and then some you know, other schools that we played that kind of resembled, you know, bigger schools. So do you think that if you had a little bit more recruitment or had some actual recruitment in high school, do you think you could have ended up at a at a bigger program? And you, you were just talking about how there's really not much of a difference. Do you think you could have uh, fit in somewhere else that was higher than FCS? Uh, it means possible. I mean, a lot of schools I – mean, I think we got a response from just about every school that I sent a film to. And the thing that some schools said was just that it was that the level that my high school was at like it just wasn't it's a very small small school and there just wasn't a ton of talent at that level so they didn't really know if i was really good or if the competition was really bad um so no nobody was willing to and who knows you know i played the same level for my whole high school so i don't know that much would have changed um maybe you would have got me on the board a little earlier but i don't know if it would have led to anything more so when you were at James Madison, when did you start to really make that realization that you could keep playing, that you could have this shot to make an NFL roster? Uh, I mean, my senior year, we had a, I'd had a friend who made the NFL or made it into camp um, a year a year before me, and uh, his agent had reached out to to me before the season started just to kind of like touch base and said that he was interested and he thought that he thought I could have a chance. And I wasn't really thinking about it. I mean, everybody dreams about playing the NFL, but um, I had one agent contact me and I guess that's when I kind of thought, you know, maybe I have a shot. Were there any scouts and, uh, you know, player personnel people coming to school when you were in that final season at JMU or did you really not start to pick up interest until the end of the season? Um, no, we had, we had scouts, because we had some other some other guys. I think there's one other guy on my team that um, the same year as me that, that went to the NFL. But there were some guys before us. So scouts regularly come to James Madison and watch practice. Um, so there's usually, you know, like 
we'd see like three or four at a time that were out of practice. Gotcha. So having this undrafted prospect um, path coming from an FCS school can be a little bit difficult. And in some cases, there's probably not as many resources for some of the other bigger guys. What what was that process like for you uh, leading up to the draft and maybe after the draft when you signed with your first team? Uh, it was almost kind of the same as, you know, as, as high school, my high school process. I didn't, I didn't go to any big name, you know, trainers. I, I went to like Northern Virginia and, and trained with a guy who kind of reached out to me. Um, I trained with him for a couple of months for my pro day. Um, and uh, I so I didn't, you know, I didn't go anywhere, any big name places or have any big name trainers. And then did my pro day and performed well my pro day. And, you know, everything, everybody, I think it's every college kid's dream of getting, like, drafted. So, you know, you watch the whole draft, you see how it goes, and you think maybe it's a possibility, you know, you're a late-round pick. Um, but, you know, my name never got called. And then after after the draft, you know, just on the phone with my agent, we really only had one opportunity, and it was the um, the Baltimore Ravens, and they – they told me that I could come to you know rookie mini camp and, and try out. So it was kind of just kind of the same thing as it was in high school, from high school to college. You know, I went to I got an invite to a rookie mini camp and you know how to try out for the for the Ravens during the camp. So for any FCS player that's playing right now and has aspirations to make it to the NFL or just to play professionally, whether it's XFL or CFL, what, what advice would you give to them so they can be as successful and make it like you have? Um, not to get frustrated or, or caught up in the politics of it, you know, clear, you know, obviously there's, you know, a few guys from, from smaller schools that, you know, they get drafted and stuff like that. But most of these, Guys go to big schools, and they're um, the, even the undrafted guys are, are still guys that are big schools who didn't really get drafted. Um, so my advice would just be not to get caught up in like the politics, and know that you know if you get to an invite to a camp like I did, um, you know there's an even playing field. You just have to go out there and just play ball. It's certainly pretty good advice, and you know it's it can be very tricky, especially for a lot of these guys. And right now, there's a number of people coming from the FCS going through this process. But uh, thank you again for taking the time to talk with us to come on the show, Dan. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, thanks. All right, awesome interview that we heard from Daniel Brown. And before we wrap up the show, I want to tell you about Bet Online. While you're waiting out this current horrible situation that we're dealing with. In our country with the coronavirus, you can still have some fun and bet online. I know no March Madness or any of your fantasy baseball leagues, any of that stuff, but bet online can still have hundreds of, of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. I can guarantee you're definitely, um, some people are definitely working from home, need a break every once in a while. That online casino is a perfect place for you to go if you need a little bit of a break and you want to earn some money. And sports are not totally done. There still is MMA, American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and the Nathan's hot dog eating contest that you can all bet on. There's still so much fun to be had. Go to betonline.com and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive 50% 
welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. For our listeners, you get 50% off with your promo code MYPOD100. Bet online, the fun that never ends. Sean, have you seen that people have been uh, have been getting really creative with trying to bet on stuff? Like like yeah, people are playing have, like uh, uh, 2K simulated games it. and they're just trying to <laughs> wager some money on that. <laughs> it's a little bit of shtick because there's plenty of stuff that you can bet on. Yeah. I just like, I mean, I put, I yesterday I put $5 on a game of beer die. Won five bucks. On what? I mean, just beer die. What's that? A game. Never mind. Okay. It just, it more, there's been more real life betting in my personal life especially now that maryland has shut down all casinos so the mgm is down Oof. yeah all right well that's all we have for today's show thank you for tuning in folks be sure to follow us on social media at believe podcast you can follow me at joe DeLeon, and you can follow sean at sanderson radio also Check us out wherever you can find a podcast. You can find us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. We are there. Apple Podcasts as well. Wherever you can find a podcast, we are pretty much in that location. But if you can't find us, go to Believe.com, spelled B-L-E-A-V.com to check us out as well as a number of other amazing shows that Believe has on their website. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.